Good morning, and welcome to another in our series of mini shiurim on the book of Yehoshua. We are learning in the merit of the IDF, Israel's Emergency Services, the hostages, and the injured. And we are in the last parak, the last chapter, Yehoshua chapter 24. And uh, we've seen Yehoshua in this last speech that he makes to the nation challenge them and say to them, yeah, you have to decide whose side you're on. You have to decide, are you serving Hashem? Are you not serving Hashem? If you're not serving Hashem, so go worship somebody else, uh, which we, we said yesterday was really a, uh, a remarkable challenge that he put before them. And we gave different, uh, different explanations. Um, one approach simply that it's Musa, it's rebuke, it's not meant literally. Another approach that he knew they were going to accept the covenant, but he wanted it to feel like something voluntary. Clearly the simple answer is that it's, uh, that it's rhetoric, but it's going to continue today. Take a look at Pasuk Yudta, sentence 19. After the Jews come back to Yoshua and say, no, we are going to serve Hashem, we are committed to serving Hashem, Yoshua says, Ba'am Yoshua el Yoshua says to the nation, Lo suchlu la'avodas Hashem. You can't serve God. Ki Elohim kedoshim hu. He is a powerful God. He is holy. I guess, I suppose, according to Rashi, the, uh, you could read this as Elohim. You could read it as, uh, as Elohim, a reference to Hashem's power or a reference to Hashem as God. But he is a holy God. He is a powerful being. Tzudas David says he is kadosh with all manner of kadusha. He is as holy as holy gets in every aspect. Kel kanohu. He is a God who becomes outraged in the event that you don't stick to your commitment and that you don't properly fulfill this bris. Lo He is not going to tolerate when you rebel against him. He's not going to tolerate when you transgress. When you abandon God and you serve foreign gods, I have news for you. He's going to do bad things to you. And he's going to destroy you after having benefited you, after having helped you. So he says, you can't, you can't actually keep this covenant. And again, you ask, like, what, what are you doing? This, this is like reverse psychology. What is he doing? And the commentators, again, express, as we saw, uh, on the previous challenge from Yehoshua, um, he wants them to feel like they have a choice, like they are opting in. And indeed, they, they respond well. Pasuk HaFalav, sentence 21, They say, no, 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 we're, we're going to serve God. We are loyal. We're absolutely going to stick to this, uh, this covenant. So Yehoshua says, okay, then make good on what I told you before. Vayomer Yehoshua el Yehoshua said to the nation, Edim atem bachem. You are witnesses to yourselves. You chose to serve God, right? Supporting the idea that he wanted them to choose on their own. He says, you chose this. This was your decision. Um, and they said, yes, we are indeed Edim. We are witnesses to, to this covenant that we have actually made. Shades of the end of Rus. Right, Boaz saying to the people at the gates, Edim Atem Hayom, right? You are witnesses today. Yeshua says, You are witnesses today. And then he says, So he says, Get rid of these foreign gods that are in your midst. And turn your hearts to serve Hashem, God of Israel. So we talked about the foreign gods, why they would have had foreign gods in their midst, that we already discussed yesterday, but he says, 
um, turn to serve God. And the people say to Yehoshua, We are going to serve God. We are going to listen to his voice. Right? Shades of We are going to do and we are going to hear whatever he tells us to, to do. And then we get a ritual marking the bris, marking the covenant. Sentence 25. By the way, you can see the difference between the first speech and the second speech. We asked why Yeshua needed two speeches, and one answer, I think it was a Barbanel, was because the Jews didn't respond to the first. It was just, he gave a speech, and they went home. So now, in his second speech, we really are seeing a response. By Yeshua declared a covenant for the nation on that day. And he gave them the laws, he gave them the mitzvos in Shechem. What, what laws are we talking about? So Rashi and Radak say the laws of the Torah. Barbanel says it's this new covenant that is there. But Ramban says something important. A while back, somebody who was learning Dafyomi asked me a question. Babakama Pei Omid Beis, Babakama 80b, speaks of, of, uh, of takanos, of enactments that Yoshua made for the Jews when they divided up the land. Tanara Banon Brisa says it's Babakama Pei Omid Beis over on Tepei Aleph Omid Aleph. Asara Tanoim Hisna Yehoshua. Yehoshua made 10 conditions. Starting off, Shiyu Marin Bechorshin, that everybody could graze their animals in the, uh, in the wild areas and no one could claim it and say, no, that's off limits to you. And so on. So he wanted to know, are we going to discuss this at all in our, uh, our Nabi Shiurim? And the answer is, it's right here. According to Ramban, Ramban's comment is in Shmos, Perek Tezvav, Pasuk Chaf, hey, Shmos 15.25. He says, that's the basis for the Gemara right here. When it says that Yoshua gave them laws in, and, and Mishpat in Shechem, this is what he was doing. He was giving them the enactments that the uh, that the Gemara recorded that would that would determine how they would govern this land together, how they would live together. Pasuk Chavav, sentence twenty six. By the way, Mazel Tov to Dafyomi for finishing Bavakama today. We're just one day one day behind you in finishing Yoshua. And Yehoshua recorded these things in the book of the Torah of God. And he took a big stone and he established it under a tree that's in the sanctuary of God. So this Pasuk is a problem. Um, multiple problems. <laughs> Number one, is Yehoshua writing something in the Torah? Right? He wrote in the book of the Torah of God. So the, uh, so the Targum here says he wrote up a separate scroll that he stored with the Sefer Torah that they kept. They had a special Sefer Torah, maybe it's Moshe's Sefer Torah. That's what he did. Rashi says that it means Yehoshua including the Torah's laws about the Ir Miklat, the city of refuge, in his own book. Because we saw that back in chapter 20, that, uh, that when Yehoshua designated the cities for the, for the cities of refuge for the accidental murderer, that he actually recorded some of the laws of the Ir Miklat in chapter 20. So that's what's going on. Rashi says that what you, the way to read this is that he wrote down that which is in the book of the Torah of Hashem in his own book. However, 
this is also the basis for a Gemara, just like we saw before, the basis for the Gemara about the, the, uh, the ten enactments for how to govern the land. So to here, we know the Gemara in Makos, Tafiyad Aleph Amid Aleph. The Gemara in Makos 11a has a discussion about the, uh, who wrote the last eight sentences in the Torah, the, uh, and you have a view there in the Gemara that Yoshua is the one who writes them. These are the psukim that describe you know, Moshe's death and what happens after Moshe's death. So does Moshe write that or does Yehoshua write that? It's a But in Makos, Yed Aleph, Amed Aleph, we get a debate between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nechemia as to what it means when it says Yehoshua wrote these things. The Sefer Taras Elohim. And one view is that this is a reference to the eight psukim, the idea that Yehoshua wrote the last psukim in the Torah. So one of, the, one of the reasons why we say, or some say, that Yoshua wrote those last psukim in the Torah is because of the problem of, did Moshe write about his own death when it hadn't yet happened? The other problem, though, or the other reason for saying that Yoshua wrote it is because right here it says Yoshua wrote things in the Torah of Hashem. So that's number one. This passage has Yoshua writing something apparently in the Torah, so maybe it means he wrote something separate that he put in with the Sefer Torah that they kept, or alternatively, it's Yehoshua including the Torah's laws of the Yermiklat, of the city of refuge, within uh, within his own Torah, within his own book. Or alternatively, it's um, it's that Yehoshua wrote the last eight psukim in the uh, in the Chumash. But that's one problem in this pasuk. We have another problem in this pasuk. We say he took a big stone and he established it under a tree in the sanctuary of Hashem. So I have two problems. First of all, you're in Shechem right now, right? We've made that clear. What sanctuary of Hashem is there in Shechem? And number two, since when do we have a tree at the site of a sanctuary? We have a specific warning in the Torah not to do that, that smacks of the practice of Asherah, the, um, the practice of, uh, of tree worship. So, so what are you doing here? So Professor Kiel in the Dat Mikra says, this is a reference to a specific tree. The Elah Asher Im Shechem, after Shimon and Levi destroyed the city of Shechem, and then they took the spoils and they got rid of all the Avodah and the spoils, and they buried it under this tree with Shechem. That's what they did now. They, um, that's what they did at this, uh, at this covenant. They put this stone at the tree with Shechem, and it's called a, uh, a Mikdash. That's one possibility. Um, Rashi, on the other hand, says it's actually in Shechem where they brought the Aron. They brought the Aron to Shechem. If you look back at the beginning of Perak Chavdal, the beginning of chapter 24, chapter 24, sentence 1, um, they stood before God. That, according to Rashi, that's not simply poetic expression, Hashem is present when the Jews gather. It's actually the Aron. They brought the Aron there to Shechem, and now they, um, they set up this stone by a tree that is near the Aron that they've established in, uh, in Shechem. We have a little bit more to talk about with the stone that they set up. God willing, we'll do that tomorrow when we will, I expect, um, have our concluding mini-shear on Yehoshua.